Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, and welcome back for all of you. Bella Mahaya Carter is joining me here today. And I got to tell you, Linda is just so in the groove with scheduling people and what an amazing job she is doing. It, it just, you know, I, I wake up, I come in on a Monday, magical Monday. Uh, I know I'm going to hang out with Benny for a while. And, you know, I'm just so aware of all of the amazing people out in the world just bringing their stories to life, bringing their stories to life. You know, about two weeks ago, somebody said, you know, Pat, I've got a name for you guys there at Transformation Radio. You are the Disney of podcasting, the Disney of podcasting. And I, I had to stop for a minute and I, I didn't, it took me about 30 seconds before I asked her what that meant. And she explained it to me because we love to hear uplifting um, stories of courage, stories of determination, you know, stories of, of defeat that have not let people uh, down, have helped them rise up. And we do it in a way that enables the expansive energy of the universe to tap into that and say, yeah, we're here to give you more joy than you can imagine. Today, Bella is talking about her journey. My, and this is her book, Raw, My Journey from Anxiety to Joy. And it's a memoir. Um, and part of what I, I want to say to everyone out there is when you stop for a minute and you look at your lives, especially after you hear a story, story like the one we're going to talk about right now or maybe something you heard the other day, this is the thing I want to say to all of you, that no matter what the struggle is that you have, whether it's with your weight, whether it's with your emotion, whether it's with your relationships, there is a way for you to achieve more greatness than you have now. And that's why we do what you do. Today, though, I'm thrilled to have Bella joining us here today to not just share her story, but to talk more about what this life presents to us, even in the form of challenges. You know, what is it? that we can look at, and and as she says in her book, enable us to take that leap of faith. What is it? How can we do it? What is the journey like? And when you do, as she did, 
to begin to look for life force, to begin to look for these things. Fasten your seatbelt. Bella, thank you for joining me here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. You know, let's start for a minute with this question that I've been asking for 15 years. Um, I've just briefly mentioned a little bit about you. You know, you beautiful poetry, essays, articles, short fiction. You've appeared in many magazines. Um, and now here we are talking about this book. You studied dance at Juilliard. Um, I can go on. Here's the question. Given all of this, you're a writing teacher uh, that I'm pretty sure Linda is probably wants me to talk to you to help me get my book written. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I know Linda. Uh, you've done all this. What are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles, Bella, that you personally have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Oh, wow. That is a wonderful question. And I loved all, everything that you just said about the Disney of podcasting. All of that is <laughs> just so great. Um, you know, the, challenge, the challenges, they never stop. And what I've discovered is that the challenges, the, the obstacles are the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Because they, they teach, they, for me, in my case, they just have taught me so much. And I think the greatest challenge that I have right now is, is really learning to live my life from a place of love rather than fear. Because I've noticed that I can't be in both places at the same time. So if I'm afraid, I'm really not, I'm, I'm forgetting who I am, which is a spiritual being having a human experience. Mm-hmm. I, know that, I know that who I am is pure love. But what happens is all of my thinking gets layered on top of that like clouds on a blue sky. And so I become separated from who I really am. And I start to think that I'm things like, like what I do or what I accomplished. And I grew up with the thought that, that if I wasn't outstanding, I didn't deserve to exist. Yeah. And, and what a misunderstanding that is, because I'm not any of these things. I'm not, the, you know, I'm not, I mean, these things that I do, they're things that I do. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be healthy so that I can gauge and play on the level of what I do. But that's not who I am. And so my challenge is to remain clear about who I am and why I'm here and not get lost in in all of the distraction of living and all of the confusion around me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting, um, and I've shared this uh, on on air now here quite a bit. You know, here we are, we're, we're living our lives, we've accomplished a few things, and yet we think our, it's going to be smooth sailing. And then we get the diagnosis. You know, then we get the mystery disease. Then we get the you fill in the blank that I never should have gotten because I'm, I've never done anything to get this. But it, it happens. It happened to you and it happened to me. And that moment becomes, I think, what you just said the opportunity where you recognize that you've now stepped into the world of possibilities, even if the words you hear don't sound exactly very possible at the time. What was that life for you 
you know, when you're you're listening to stuff people are saying to you that you're thinking, no, my body? Yeah. Well, you know, I had chronic stomach problems, and mm-hmm. I also had a lot of pressure in my chest, and I felt like I couldn't breathe, and I went to a gastroenterologist, and I had waited two months for the appointment, and I waited three hours to see him, and he breathed <laughs> into the room with a with a chest, uh, with his chest showing through his, his, his shirt was unbuttoned, and he had this curly black chest hair and these gold chains, and he didn't even look into my eyes. He just kind of looked at my chart, and he said, well, we need to schedule an endoscopy, and I didn't even know what that was, but it's a procedure, and it's a rather invasive procedure, and the whole the whole interaction felt so impersonal, and I felt, he said, I won't know anything, anything until I get a look inside, and I thought, how can you know anything until you look into my eyes? So yeah. I felt, <laughs> I felt like, I felt, I, I just felt like that wasn't the path to healing for me. Yeah. That wasn't the, like, I felt that, that my body was speaking to me and that if I could figure out what it was saying, I could heal myself. I had no idea what that looked like and I had no idea what a Mm -hmm. difficult, long journey that would be, but it was my wisdom speaking to me. And I'm not saying to ignore doctors or physical symptoms or anything like that. I I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I had a deeper knowing of what I needed. And even though I didn't know how to go about it, I knew enough to listen and move forward on my journey just one step at a time and and was able to to Mm -hmm. finally come to the understanding. Even after I wrote my book, I didn't realize I'd written a book about anxiety. But but so many of the symptoms that I was dealing with, they were the physical symptoms of anxiety. And I didn't know it even after I'd written the book. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that you and I both you know, we look at the situations we're in. Here you are, you waited X amount of days, then you waited when you got there, then you get face-to-face with somebody, but you really weren't face-to-face, and you get an intuitive hit. I like to yep. call it that. Yep. Where you say to yourself, or it, or you hear a voice say to you, uh, maybe we should go take plan B. and And you just know it, though. Right? Yeah, that was exactly right. I knew it. Yeah, you knew it. But you didn't know exactly where it was going to lead you. Here we are today. But you knew it. And the question that I want to ask you about this is, you now are speaking with people all over the world. You're bringing the message to, to the forefront. You know, how important has your intuition been and guiding you along now the next chapter oh, of that journey. Yeah, that is a <laughs> wonderful. If that's a wonderful question, it's everything. And when I coach students and clients, I, I'm always leading them toward their own wisdom. It's that that's what we have, and it's tremendous. We all have it, and so I'm absolutely relying on my own wisdom. I mean, this is not about me. This is about showing up. To in service for whatever is wanting to come through me. And that's true for all of us. Well, you know, part of this is now you are the spokesperson to educate and inform all of us, you know, besides being all those other things that I, you know, talked with you about, you know, besides being, you know, an author, besides being somebody that 
teaches other people besides being a dancer. You're now the person that is coming to the forefront to help us understand the road, the journey, and why. We're going to take a short break. We come back. We're going to talk about how this beautiful road, how Bella stepped along the pathway and, and discovered that there is a way to get from that form of anxiety, that, that whatever that situation is, there is a way to get there. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the road, the steps, the crossroads, all of the above. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered if there's a way to heal the deep, hidden, inner issues, wounds, beliefs, and traumas? The journey into spiritual healing engages people in all areas of their lives to heal themselves and others. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Dr. Jaffe brings conversations of healing of body, mind, and spirit as he merges the excellence of traditional medicine with the beauty of spiritual healing. For more information about Dr. Jaffe, this show, and his work, visit drjaffemd.com. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at maryjanemack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit maryjanemack.com. Please join us for a transformational conference with five, that's right, five of the leading pioneers in the fields of science and spirituality, all in one place. Join best-selling authors and teachers, Greg Braden, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Lynn McTaggart, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and Lee Carroll in both individual workshops as well as a weekend of keynote presentations and panel discussions. At this extraordinary event, you'll get to experience some of the brightest leaders of our world today, empowering you with groundbreaking new information, deep wisdom, and practical tools to transform your life. Come connect with others and expand your consciousness in beautiful Nanaimo on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, June 14th through 19th. For more information or to register for what some are expecting to be one of the best conferences of 2018, visit ShalohaProductions.com 
That's S-H-A-L-O-H-A Productions.com. Or visit the individual speakers' websites. Well, it's best if we all keep this under our heads. Wow, everybody. Hey, welcome back. My journey from anxiety to joy. This is a memoir Bella Mahaya Carter has written, but the title of the book is Raw. And many, many people may think, oh, well, this must be a book about food. It is so much more than that. And I want to be really clear about that because both Bella and I have unique definitions for the word raw. And when we look at the multi-level or the multifaceted nature of that word raw, how many of us have felt raw in our lives, in our jobs, in our relationships, right? And what is it that we learn when we say yes to the road, the road to raw? What's on the other side of it? You know, is there fear that we have to face? Is there levels of invisibility You know, is there the idea of family rejection from whatever it is going on in our life? Are we going to have to give things up that we once loved to do? I'm sure that as you're listening to this, you know what I mean. Now we get to hear from Bella in this fabulous, fabulous memoir she's written about how her life experience is so parallel with so many of us go through. Bella, before we do, um, I would love for you to let folks know how they can get a copy of the book, as well as the best way to find out about you. Uh, the best way to find out to, about me is to visit my website, which is www.bella, B like boy, E-L-L-A, Mahaya, M like Mary, A like Apple, A, H like Henry, A like Apple, Y like yes, A like Apple, Carter, BellaMahiaCarter.com. That's the best way to find out about me. There's all kinds of cool stuff on my website. And um, the book is available wherever books are sold. It can be ordered. It's being, the pub date is May 22nd. You could just mm-hmm. go to my, anyone could just go to my website and order through Amazon or there are links, purchase links there on the website. And it's, it's available now for pre-order, and people, as soon as the, the pub date comes, May 22nd, it, it'll be sent out. And may, it yeah. may even be sent out a few days earlier. Awesome. Thank you. Um, during the break, you and I were talking about the word raw. And I think it's an important conversation to have because, you know, a lot of times we refer to this uh, here more recently as it relates to food. But the term raw has been in our mindsets for centuries in referencing how we think about ourselves, how we feel about things, what it looks like. And so the journey, this road that you talk about had twists in it, had turns in it, had forks in the road, all of the above. But the thing that I most want to hear about was you are on a mission. And I love the fact that maybe you wouldn't have been on this mission had other things in your life been so smooth. And I want to talk about this a little bit. You know, what has the word raw come to mean to you in the context of what you've written here? Oh, I love all these questions you're asking. Um, It's funny because the first time I heard the word raw in a different context was in college. It was in a Shakespeare class. 
and the teacher talked about the raw versus the cooked. The cooked, all of the scenes that happened that she talked about that were supposedly cooked happened in the court, and they were very choreographed, and they were very contained. By contrast, all of the raw scenes happened in the forest with the wood nymphs, and there was something magical about it. So I thought that was an interesting way of looking at raw way back then. But what raw has come to mean now for me is, is vulnerability, openness, availability, the willingness to have things be as they are. I recently, well, a couple of years ago, I wrote an essay called the, Benef- the Benefits of Writing Naked, The Benefits of Exposing Yourself Through Memoir. And that's kind of related to this idea of raw, because the truth is that when we uncover ourselves, when we are willing to be vulnerable, when we are willing to be in our rawness, in our authentic state, without any dressing and makeup and covering, that's the place where magic happens. That's the place where all the opportunities are. That's our opportunity to really show up in our lives and be be who we are, be who you know, be our our authentic selves. It's funny the the designer of my book, she put a clove of garlic on the yeah. cover of the book. Yeah. You know, and when I saw the image, I was at first I was like, oh, well, that's kind of a nice homage to my Italian heritage. Uh-huh. And and then I also thought, oh, maybe people will, will be turned off because, you know, garlic gives you bad breath. <laughs> but then yeah. what I, the overwhelming feeling I had was that all of these clothes are clinging together like all of us humans, the way we need each yes. other. And yet there's this, the, my process, the reason why I think this cover is so appropriate is that my process was just a pulling apart of all of the pieces of tearing away, gentle moving of all of the layers and getting into the center to the to to the really what what is the heart of the matter here what who am I really and and how can I best live my life? Yeah, I thought the same thing when I saw the cover because I'm Italian too. And, <laughs> oh, I didn't know, you know that. Yeah, and um, I can't tell you how many clo- how many bulbs, garlic bulbs I've seen in my lifetime. But what I loved about this, and I actually commented on it, was you know the way that each of the cloves of garlic had their own growth stem and the way they interlapped and overlapped and one of them was hugging the other. I mean, yeah, right? And And then, yeah, yeah, the cloves are sprouting. They're sprouting. And then I noticed the one little clove to the right was all by itself and I had a self-projection about that. So, (laughs) good choice. Um, but that is what this book is about. It is yes. about hugging sometimes. It's about being alone sometimes. It's yes. about questioning. I love in one of the parts in the book where you describe your level of anxiety. And, and you did it in a brief page, I think. But uh, and, and again, of course, you did it later on. But in this one page, I so related to everything you were feeling as you were worried about the money, your husband drank too much, you were worried about this, you worried about school, what if they found out, was I going to dance again, you know, uh, 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 what if I am less than perfect, you ask, and I thought, man, how many women, uh, you know, today are really having the same experience? Yes, I think, uh, you know, I think that when, when we were first created, our brains were designed to keep us safe, and we had to run from wild animals, and we had to, you know, our brains had to think in that way, but, but obviously now our brains, you know, that even though we still are 
our brains are still trying to keep us safe. They're no longer trying to keep us safe from physical danger. We're trying to navigate the sophisticated psychological terrain in which we live. And for me, it's been really helpful to understand that in the same way that I know that I'm not my body, I have come to understand that I am not my thoughts either. Mm -hmm. So there's a certain amount of fear that's just universal doubt that we all have. And for many, many years, I believed that my insecure thinking was true. And I've only recently come to understand that, you know, this is just universal doubt. I don't have to take it personally. I don't have to believe thoughts that are limiting, thoughts that are insecure. I can just understand we all have those thoughts. And I'm really just going to let them be there because they're there. And but I'm not going to invest my belief dollars in those thoughts. Yeah, I I don't know where in the book you mentioned it, but it's a a, a quote I think you mentioned by uh, is it Alyssa Cohen? Um, and one of the things I wrote down was the quote: "You have the right to imagine yourself the way you want to be." Yes, that was Alyssa Cohen, and she and is I, a, oh. Is that yeah. right? And yeah, yes. and, I, and I went back and I said, let's read that word by word. You have the right. Let's break this apart for a minute. Because this is really, to me, the core, one of the core messages in your book. And it is helping us all understand that, first of all, we have the right. And I think so often we don't think we have the right. Exactly. We certainly don't believe we have the right to imagine. Right. Right. You know, right. But this apparently was an important quote to you. And I want to ask you, you mentioned it in the book and I apologize. I don't remember where, but you mentioned it in the book. But you also say that those words gave you hope. And I want to know how. Well, it had never occurred to me that I even had rights. Yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah, right. you have the you have the right to imagine, you know, the kind of life that you want to live. I mean, I, I, I didn't even know that I had the right to imagine anything, let alone that I could live a life that, that I wanted to live, as opposed to a life that I felt stuck in or, you know, that I felt controlled by my circumstances. I didn't realize that I could actually create and that I was creating, you know, through no fault of my own and in total innocence. You know, so much of what I experienced, I was creating, but I didn't understand that. I didn't understand how we create our experience. I didn't know that what, you know, that we have thoughts in our head and, you know, our consciousness illuminates those thoughts and then we can, you know, then we, then we get emotions based on that, that thought experience and then we act, our behavior comes from how we're feeling and thinking. I didn't understand any of that. So I was really just like a slave to my, uh, you know, in a way I was very unconscious. And I mean, I think of thinking now as, you know, how fish swim in water and they're not really aware of the water. Well, we do that with our thinking. We swim around in our thoughts and we're not even aware that we're having thoughts. We're just, you know, following the stream of whatever the thought is. So it was super helpful for me in terms of alleviating the pressure of my anxiety when I realize that just because I have a fearful or an anxious thought, it doesn't make it true. And it gives me space so that I can allow those thoughts to still be there, but I don't have to be ruled by them. You know, I don't have to be dragged by the ankle through the mud by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about this is that a lot of us go through life and we decide we're going to make these changes or make changes or change lifestyle 
change what we do or maybe change how we do it or maybe change up change. That's what you were doing here in this book. But the other thing that we do is we literally keep it to ourselves. Yeah. Right. It's you know, like, when, I'm not yes. telling anybody. Yes. And in fact, it was shame. I felt ashamed. Before yeah. I wrote this book, when I hit the age of 40, when I started having chronic stomach problems, well, that was going on. That was what was going on physically. Mentally, the thinking that was going on was, I am a failure. I have, yeah. not, I have been writing for many, many years. My books are all in, fi- in my file cabinet. None of them have been published. I had this idea that if I hadn't, you know, had a certain level of publishing success by the time I reached 40, that I was a failure. So that, you know, that was a very disturbing idea. And I think that was creating a lot of the discomfort I was feeling physically. And it wasn't until I went on and got a master's degree in spiritual psychology (laughs) that I understood that there's no such thing as failure. You know, what we perceive as failure, these are just opportunities for growth. I didn't know that. I just thought, I mean, I was 40 years old and I thought, okay, I'm a failure. And it's funny because even as you, even in the beginning of this conversation, when you started listing all the things that I was doing, yeah, you know, I don't really, it's funny, even now I'm sitting here thinking, you know, oh, that sounds kind of impressive, but I don't feel like I've done anything impressive. I know. I know. And, you know, it's part of sort of this notion that inside of us is a level of humility. And that's my sense when I read the book. There's a level of humility that is so important in writing the way you've written in this book, because we're here to talk about all of the creepy, crawly things that are under the rock that need to come out. And that need to come out in a safe way, but also in a way that empowers. And you talk about this. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about fear. And there's something really super interesting written in the book. And, uh, you know, the, the thing I'm really struck by, Bella, I'm really struck by the questions you ask yourself. They, I, I cannot think that the people listening to this show have not asked themselves these questions. The difficulty is we ask them and we don't really do very much to change our situation. When we come back, we're going to talk about the day you choose fear. The day you choose fear. I've done it. I know y'all have done it. I think Bella did it. But what did she do about it? Uh, We'd love to give a copy of the book away. 1-800-930-2819. Copy of the book, Raw, My Journey from Anxiety to Joy. Bella Mahaya Carter joining me here today on the show. 1-800-930-2819. We're going to give a copy of the book away. When we come back, can you remember the day that you decided to choose fear? Can you remember that day? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Barbara Scheidegger, clinical hypnotherapist and founder of Swiss Hypnotherapy. And this is a tip with purpose. Being wrong or making mistakes is human. What have you learned from it? Start laughing about the silly things you did. 
Yeah, laugh about it. Being happy is more important than being always right. Start listening to your feedback. Be willing to redefine yourself every day. Communication with yourself and others who already are successful in their lives. Stay balanced. And when you fall off the wagon, don't dwell on it. Just hop back on. Forgive yourself. Admit what you did. Move on and smile. I hope this tip helps you. You can reach me at 323-999-4775 or at my website at swisshypnotherapy.com. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit SpiritFireRetreatCenter.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit EmpoweringEnergy.com. That's Empowering with letters N-R-G.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living, LLC. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBenton.com. Oh man, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, for more information about us, go to the drpatshow.com or go to transformationtalkradio.com. Um, so glad to have all of you tune us in and turn us on and Facebook the Dr. Pat Show and also Transformation Talk Radio. And I think there are a bunch of other places that you can go. I just don't know what they all are. <laughs> um, today, I want to make sure all of you know we are giving copies of the book Raw Away, 1-800-930-2819. And this really is a book about my journey from anxiety to joy. What I was so struck by, uh, Bella Mahaya Carter wrote the book and is with me today. And Bella, before we jump back into it, please again, let folks know how they can find out more about you. They can find out about me by going to my website, which is www.bellamahayacarter.com. Mm. 
Do okay. I need to spell my name or do you think it's Mahaya is M like Mary, A like Apple, H like Henry, A like Apple, Y like yes, A like Apple. It has aha in the middle of it, BellaMahayaCarter.com. Or you can go to the Dr. Pat Show or TransformationTalkRadio.com and just click on our picture and it'll take you there. Um, so here's this book, Raw. We talked about the garlic bulb. And I commented on this one little clove over here to the right, was all alone, wasn't being hugged by any of the others. It was actually off to the right. All of the others seemed to be all like in their own little. So here's my projection, right? There you go. And, you know, but when you're in the uh, grip of fear, when you're in the grip of fear, that is the way you feel. That is it. And when I got to this part of your book and I started to, again, I love these questions you're asking yourself. And I, I, and you say, I wonder. So, yeah, I'm just saying that you're talking to yourself right there. Um, where did my life sour? What happened to the young woman I used to be? The person who thought, I'm telling you, I had a little moment to do in this last night for myself. And the good news is I always prepare, got your book, reading it. I turned to your book and I was reminded by what this list was you put together. And I thought, I said, oh my gosh, I'm doing the same thing she did. How many of us? Are you talking about the list like in the book I I talk about? It starts with, I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of never being good enough. I'm afraid I've wasted my life. Oh. Yeah. All, All of it. I'm afraid of living alone. I, and I thought, yeah. But then you go on to explain it. And that's the part I want to talk about. You know, there is a beginning of something. Usually we can pinpoint where our greatest, let's say, um, big bucket fears come from. How easy was it for you to get to that through this list? Um, gosh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I really understand your question. Um, yeah. So what I mean is sometimes we think it's what's going on in the middle of our life in that day, right? You know, but, but other times we think about something that's happened to us in the past that right. cause us, causes us to just come apart and somehow we suck it up and we move on. You know, and we do it over and over and over again. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, I, I think the reason why I was having trouble with the question is because I was thinking where I was at the time that I wrote that list mm-hmm. and what was going on then is so yeah. different from where I am now with rela- yeah. relationships to my fear. So I was thinking about, hmm, should I answer this in terms of where I was at that <laughs> time or do I answer it in terms of where I am now? That, I think mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking. Do you have a preference? I'd like both. I'd love okay. to have both answers. <laughs> okay. So I think at the time, um, what had happened was, well, there's a bunch of things. So I think that I was very freaked out by 9-11. Yeah. That, that, and I had, I shared a memory in the book about being with my grandmother in Italy in the, in this, this, the cup, I forgot what it was called, but it was this ossuary. It was this, this underground, I forgot what it's a cappuccino something I forgot what it was called mm-hmm. but it was this 
it was basically a museum of bones, yeah. and they were yeah. arranged as bodies, and there were friar robes draped over the bones, and and it was very chilling. For some reason, my grandmother thought it was really cool, and she thought I would very much enjoy it. But it made me, it kind of um, was my first inkling that that life is not eternal. Mm. It was my first feeling of, oh, this is what happened. And it, and it was even, I was only 16, so it was even hard for me to imagine my grandmother dying, let alone mm-hmm. myself dying. And of course, yeah. in the, in, in, throughout the course of the writing of this book, we had five family deaths in three years, and one of them was my mom, and I was always really close to my mom. And I was also the executor of her estate, and there was a family feud over money, and we were involved in a court battle, and I developed an anxiety disorder at this time. I had a teacher who once said, you don't really know what's going on. Sometimes what's, what, what's bubbling, what, what's, what comes up has to come out in order for you to know what's going on. And that's really how I found out that I'd been dealing with anxiety for a long time. I just hadn't even realized it. But there was this confluence of stress that created this anxiety disorder, which I wanted to heal without medication because I felt like it was my body communicating with me. But the, the, but at that time, what, what created the fear was, was the understanding, my understanding for the first time in middle age of, of our human condition, which involves two things that I never really thought about before. One was uncertainty and the other was impermanence. Mm. And when I realized, oh, wow, this is the game. This is what life is about. This is what's happening. This is what this is. I became really frightened. And, and that started me on another path because I wanted to, I knew that I had to make peace with my fear. Yeah. Because I couldn't, I knew that I couldn't continue to live. I would, there was a while during that period of time, and I wrote about it in my book, I was afraid to leave my house. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I brought it up because it happens to so many people and is happening even more so now. And it's, and that level of fear is not being talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It was profound. I mean, it was a profound feeling of, I I felt, all I can tell you is like terror and Mm -hmm. I had panic attacks and I was afraid to go out because I thought, I, I thought two things. The pressure in my chest was so bad, which I now realize is, just the way my body responds when I'm feeling anxious. I just, there's this constriction. Um, but I was afraid that I was going to die. I just thought I was going to drop dead in public, which is, you know, uh, now I realize, oh, that was just a thought. And it wouldn't have been a problem if I hadn't believed the thought. But I believed it. I had no separation from the thought. I mean, I thought that thought was the truth. So. Yeah. Well, well, you know, part of this, too, is looking at how those moments, and this is really the journey you take us on as we read the book, is having those moanings become, uh, uh, moments become tipping points. You know, the, they become the, the thing, right? The yes. thing that gives us a realization, almost to the point where we can't go backwards. You know, those are oh, my words, right? There, can't go back. Yeah, absolutely. There was, there was never any, there was no, never any going back. Right. <laughs> Right. But then if there's no going back, there's only one other place to go. See, people think that, oh, if, if yeah, I'm not going to go back. They think that if they're not moving forward, they're in a place of stability or neutrality. And that's not true because well, the actually, world that... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Ahead. I'm really no, excited. Jump because in, you jump said, in, you jump said, in. Yeah. yeah, you said something that got me very excited. Ahead, I'm sorry ahead. to interrupt. You said if you can't go back, there's only one place to go. 
And I was thinking, I wonder if she means moving forward. Mm -hmm. And as I was thinking that, I was thinking, well, there's another place to go. And that is to just settle in right where you are and to just be in the moment and in that moment to do a few important things. And the first thing is slow down. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is stop fighting. And the third thing, and this is sort of my mantra, this is what I live by, the third (laughs) thing is let go. Mm -hmm. And, And the fourth thing is, and this is the final thing, is trust life. Slow down, stop fighting, let go, and trust life. It's amazing to me how simple these four things are and yet how difficult they are to do because we are so busy doing and to actually shift and to actually say, you know what, I'm just going to be right now. And I'm going to be wherever I am, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I feel like I can't breathe, even if I feel terrified. What if I just sit with this? What if I allow myself to be terrified? What if I allow myself to be uncomfortable and I just stop fighting it? You know what happens then? It shifts. It does. And you know what you're talking about is you and I both went to uh, the Claremont schools, right? And so one of the things that I got the um, opportunity, albeit not as much as I wanted to, was to study with the faculty member down there that was developing flow theory at the time. And uh, I'm just going to say his first name is... Yes. Yeah. I'm not even going to try that last name. I Um, can't pronounce it. Oh, I know. But but here's what I love about what you describe. See, as a result of of my experience like yours, I've come up with two ways of of being uh, and two ways of moving forward. One way of moving forward is the self-will way of moving forward, that I am just going to suck this thing up and I am going to march and it doesn't matter where I'm marching to or why I'm marching there, but I'm just going to get up and I'm going to do it. And that's what I call willful movement. There's the other thing that you just described that, that I don't know another name for it. I call it mindful, mindful movement, because both have energy to them. And I think people are under the impression that if you don't take action, it's called being. No, that's not what you described. You didn't describe not taking action. You described to me a level of mindfulness that moves energy with the least amount of effort, right? Yes, and, and I have, go ahead. You sorry. see what I mean? No, but I totally relate to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that what you discovered? Because See, you weren't pushing the boulder uphill at that point. You were allowing the boulder to go uphill by itself. And here's what I'm learning now. Because All right. that's, that's, here's what I'm learning now. Um, I used to feel like I had to push, 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 push. So there's where the Sisyphus comes in with the boulder, pushing, pushing, pushing. <laughs> but now what I'm discovering is, you know what? I can hang out and I can see what what shows up. And I can actually be, allow myself to be pulled by the forces around me 
So in other words, I'm not even pushing anything uphill. I'm just like things are happening around me that that are invitations. And, and I'm just, because I'm paying attention now, because I'm not moving as fast or working as hard, I can now see, oh, that's an interesting opportunity. And I didn't, you know, I, I mean, like, here's an example of what I'm talking about. I've, I've been a writing coach for the last 10 years, and somebody called me up and said, I saw a video of you talking about your anxiety. She was seeing the, the, the anxiety therapist that I saw when I was going through the throes of my anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. And he took a bunch of video of me because he wanted people to see, you know, you can get through this. You can get through this. So she, she reached out to me and she said, gosh, you know, it's just so good to talk to you. I wish there was such a thing as an anxiety therapist. And I said, you know, I, the, the first thing I knew for sure when she said that was I knew that I could help her. Yeah. I didn't know how. It wasn't, I wasn't a quote, you know, quote, unquote, anxiety therapist, but I had been through this experience and I knew that I could help her. So I just said to her, you know, I could, I could be your anxiety coach. I can coach you. I, I can do that. And she was delighted and we figured out how to make it work. And after eight sessions, she no longer had her anxiety. I mean, it was her, she had been texting me, you know, to try to get support. And I used to do that, too, when I was in my anxious state. I would reach out to people through text. And she went from, you know, being in a, you know, pretty anxious state to, to I wasn't hearing from her during the week anymore through text. And she felt like she was really, you know, much farther along in her healing process. And, and now we've actually moved on to empowerment coaching because she's sort of in a midlife, what's next kind of situation but that's an example where I didn't push, I didn't do anything to make that happen, to create that shift. The universe just, the universe did it for me. I saw the opportunity and I was willing to step out of my comfort zone, even though it wasn't something that I, you know, I didn't, that's not how I perceived myself, but I was willing to say, okay, here's a need. I know I can satisfy that need. So I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to, I'm going to answer the call. And, and then fact, what happens was, and then what happens as we, you know, we read the rest of the book, then what, when we step back and I'm reading the book, you can see how these experiences in your life uh, start to facilitate connecting of other dots, then other yeah. dots, then other dots, then being on a panel, creative consciousness, health and healing, then other dots, Right. Right. We don't have to see the whole journey. I love that. Right. Uh, There's this beautiful quote by the, the novelist E.L. Dr. O. And, and he says, the way to, he said, if to write a book, you don't need to see the whole path. You only, it's like driving on a mountain road at night. You only need to see as far as your headlights illuminate. And living life is the same way. You know, the problem comes when we start gripping the steering wheel of our lives and we're holding it and our, and our knuckles are turning white and we're gripping, gripping, gripping and we can't let go. And, and I, it's funny because I once had a dream. I had two really interesting dreams about this. Um, one became a poem. The, the one that didn't become a poem was that I was, I was gripping the steering wheel. I was making a turn to get off the freeway, and the steering wheel came off in my hands. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? The steering, I'm not steering the car anymore. But then I realized, hey, guess what? The car was steering itself, and everything was fine. <laughs> well, you know, isn't that interesting, too? When we go back to what you said about letting go, it was one of the one of the four attributes you described. You know, this idea of letting go is something that when people and I'm not even saying master it, but when we get a sense of it, when we get a taste of what it could be, it's really clear that although we want more, 
we have to literally trust ourselves and our own intuition. And you really address this in the part of the book where you write about spirit. Yeah. What does it mean to trust yourself and your life? Um, and know that you're enough. Yes, I'm actually having a couple of thoughts in my mind because I want to I want to talk about that, and I also okay. want to share with you I I want to share with you a short poem that I wrote called sure, Letting Go. Please, please. Okay, in the dream, I'm locked away, shivering in my prison cell, hands squeezing bars. But when I look to the right, the cell is gone, replaced by a mountain trail. To my left, a field of California poppies shines in the late afternoon sun. Still holding the bars, I turn my head to see what's behind me. Oaks and evergreens, earth and sky. All I have to do to get out of here is let go of the bars, but I've been clutching them so hard and for so long, my hands won't budge. Go ahead, a voice nudges. Feeling warm, I wiggle my fingers. That's it. You know, one of the things that is so clear about your book, your message, your journey, your life, is one of the things that I think you wrote, uh, I can't remember where, it's do, you say something like, do not waste another second of your life in fear. Do not waste well, another second in your well, life I in have fear. Well, I have to jump in on that because it's yeah. amazing to me that you take that out. And the reason why I have to jump out, that, the reason I want to talk about that is because yeah. that actually came from, that was not me speaking. That was actually mm-hmm. an ancient being who spoke through me. Yep. When I, I did this breathwork session, and toward the end of the session, I was feeling my body was feeling very light, and I had this experience where I just started blurting out. Mm. I don't know if it was gibberish, but my sense was that I was um, an ancient being was speaking through me in a language I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand the language, and it may have just been gibberish, but what I understood clearly was the message, and it was that message. It was, do not waste another moment of your life in doubt or fear. Wow. Bella, thank you so much. I can't believe this time has gone by so quickly. Um, Your message and what you've been able to bring forth is such an invitation for those of us that know what it's like to stumble a little bit, to stub our toe, maybe to trip, maybe even to fall down. And, you know, by sharing your story, you are really opening up the door for so many people, especially women, to really see that our pathway is filled with the beauty of our life's experience as one builds upon the other every day. And thank you for sharing your wisdom in this beautiful book. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed our conversation. One last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? We're all love. And the, and the, the more often we can remember that, the more on task we'll be in terms of living the lives that we've come here to live. Mm. Wow. Thank you so very much. Thank you. For those of you, if you've missed any part of this fabulous conversation, it'll air again tonight. You can go to the Dr. Pat show, listen to the archives. The book name, Raw, My Journey from Anxiety to Joy, Bella Mahaya Carter. I'm Dr. Pat, Benny, 
Bella, thank you so much. Preceding audio was via a Skype call.